Do you need to sell your home? If you've sold a home before, you remember how stressful and expensive it was. Sold.com is here to help you sell your home for the most money and with the least amount of stress. There are new ways to sell your home that you've never heard of before. Did you know there are companies who will offer you cash for your home? Did you know you could trade in your home for a new one? Did you know there are realtors who will sell your home for a flat fee instead of an expensive commission? It's true. Sold.com services are free. So if you're looking to sell, make this free phone call right now and learn how your next home sale can be faster and easier than you ever thought possible. Pick up your cell phone and call right now. 800-449-1759-800-449-1759-800-449-1759. Again, that's 800-449-1759. Tuesday, Taco Tuesday. What else is the alliteration? How about Tittle Tuesday? Oh, yeah, that's right. Rick Tittle with you. I never know what I'm going to say. That's half the battle. That's half the scariness of doing a show. Coast to coast and border to border, like we do here on the Sports Byline, USA Broadcast Network, every weekday at 9 to noon. Is this a promo? No, we're on the air. This is the show. And I would love to have you be a part of it if you so desire. And you can check in at 1-800-878-PLAY, 1-800-878-7529. Get in and get hurt, whatever you might have to be thinking. This is what we have. It is draft week. Yes, that's right. The first round is going to be on Thursday night. Ooh-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo. Who's going to screw it up? You know who's going to make a dumb pick? Right? <laughs> I thought it was interesting that there was already an angle that Mac Jones is being put ahead of Justin Fields because of racism. Um, I don't think so. I think this is maybe the one area for sure we know there's not racism. <laughs> These guys just want to win. I, I, I mean, look, I think there might be an owner here or there who say, I want the white quarterback, but I highly doubt it. They want guys who are good. They really don't care what color you are in the NFL when it comes to talent. That's just my thing, but hey, maybe I'm wrong. Let's discuss 1-800-878-PLAY. By the way, Brad Keselowski, one of the best NASCAR drivers in the world, the guy has had over 400 starts, and he just won a thriller on Sunday at Talladega, with track that he owns, by the way. I'll have to bring that up. He'll join us in about two hours. Uh, but in between, let's talk to some people. Let's talk to you. 1-800-878-PLAY. Big shout out to our troops listening on American Forces Radio Network. Great to have you with us wherever you're listening. Also, uh, tune in app, iHeartRadio app, Stitcher app, all that good stuff. I'm Rick Tittle. Come on back. 
time for your small business report presented by Dell Small Business. As a business owner, you've got a lot of decisions to make. You're the one responsible for your company's ultimate success or failure. You're the one all of your employees look to for direction. And you're the one that has to see the big picture to know what moves to make next. But don't get so caught up in feeling accomplished by getting work done and those to-do items checked off that you forget to check in with yourself. Every week, take 30 minutes to have a meeting with yourself as the chief strategist of your business and make sure you're still headed in the right direction rather than just accomplishing a list of tasks. And that's your Dell Small Business Report. What do you get when you talk to a Dell Technologies advisor? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You get someone who understands there's an art to listening. Mm -hmm. Sure. Who's able to hear more than what's being said and can provide tailored Mm -hmm. small business solutions that make you feel truly heard. I understand. Let's get started. For advice on everything from laptops to the cloud and solutions powered by Intel vPro platform, call an advisor today at 877-ASK-DELL. Do you own an annuity, either fixed rate, indexed, or variable? Are you paying high fees and getting low returns? If so, Annuity General would like you to have this free book to learn the pitfalls and mistakes of buying an annuity. The Annuity Do's and Don'ts for Baby Boomers contains the little-known truths about annuities, like how to help reduce your fees and increase retirement income. And it's free. That's right, free. As a bonus, we'll also throw in a free annuity rate report just for calling. We researched over 1,000 annuities and summarized rates and benefits from financially strong insurers. You get annuity do's and don'ts for baby boomers and the annuity rate report, both absolutely free for calling Annuity General today. Hurry, supplies are limited. Call now. 800 760 That's 800-760-1845. I'm Ron Barr. All my life I've been active, playing tennis, pickup basketball, cycling, and swimming. But let me tell you, as I've gotten older, my body now tells me when enough is enough and I've done too much. Did you know 100 million Americans suffer from ongoing pain due to aging, exercise, overexertion, and the effects of everyday living? I want to recommend Relief Factor to you. Relief Factor can help all those body parts that are hurting, sore, such as neck and shoulder, back, hip, or knee, or just general muscle aches and pains. Here's what I recommend. Go to relieffactor.com to find out more. And Relief Factor has something special for the Sports Byline USA Network listeners. You can get their three-week quick start program for just $19.95. That's only 95 cents a day. So give them a call at 800-500-8384. That's 800-500-8384. Or check it out at relieffactor.com. Titillating Sports with Rick Tittle. Rick Tittle is a genius, the best show ever. He's so wonderful, genius, the best show ever. He's so wonderful, titillating sports with Rick Tittle. Rick Tittle is a he's so handsome, he's a genius. Hey, thank you for that, and uh, welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you, coast to coast and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. Starting off the show with an Oscar-nominated director, Dror Morey, and he's here to talk about the new film from Sony Pictures Classics. It's called The Human Factor, and it'll be opening on May 7th. 
And uh, Dror, thank you for uh, coming on the show today. This is really a look at the Mideast and what we have been doing in the United States for some, well, a long time, really since World War II, to try to act as maybe a mediator in uh, the peace process there. Is that what this is kind of, this is how it all started for you? Well, it started, thank you. I'm very happy to be with you, privileged. Uh, it started basically after the collapse of the Berlin Wall, where America stood as the only global superpower and tried to assert its influence and, and creating peace in a vitally important region for, for the interests of the United States, which is the Middle East. And basically the movie, The Human Factor, documents those attempts to reach peace between Israel and its Arab neighbors and what went on inside the rooms, why we are now in a worse situation than we were when this process started. It's an interesting too when I think, when I think back about how the United States is involved, but the United States has basically always openly supported Israel. So I know that's hard for the Arab world to trust the United States when it comes to that because they feel that they're going to be on the side of Israel, right? Yeah, uh, I think that this is uh, the biased uh, perspective that America is biased in a way or more aligned with Israel. But at the end of the day, the job of the mediator, the job of the negotiator that are speaking in my film was basically to bring both, both sides or the three sides to reach a peace deal. And so that was their task. And if they didn't manage to do that, they failed. So in a way they weren't, they tried not to be biased or they weren't biased and trying to create the atmosphere and the terms in order for the two sides, especially the Israelis and the Palestinians to reach a, a, a deal, a peace deal. You know, it, I remember with Jimmy Carter sitting down with, you know, Anwar Sadat in Egypt. And then you think, you know, uh, on the other side, you mentioned Palestine with Yasser Arafat, who, of course, the Palestinians are going to have anti-Zionist ideals. But it always seemed like Sadat was someone who was trying to look for peace. It seemed like Yasser Arafat was trying to look for peace. Um, and these guys end up getting killed because of it. But how much of it is genuine instead of like a, a totalitarian of like, we must eradicate this or that. In other words, just trying to get along in peace. Well, look, brave leaders in the Middle East uh, who turns or tried to change the course of their nations like Anwar Sadat and like Yitzhak Rabin from Israel were assassinated because of that. And, and the job of a leader at the end of the day is try to see where he thinks his people should be or his country should be, what would serve the best interest of his country and to move the public there. So those leaders, both those two leaders, Anwar Sadat from Egypt and Yitzhak Rabin from Israel, paid, paid the highest price as leader for that with their lives. I regret, you know, at the end of the day, in order to reach peace, you need really two outstanding leaders on both sides who can really take those tough decisions needed to, to take in order to reach peace. And regrettably, we don't have that uh, often enough in our region. It's hard enough everywhere in the world, you know, the combination, let's say if I'm speaking about South Africa, when you see De Klerk and Mandela, they were really unique people. Or if you take Gorbachev, Gorbachev in Russia and, and George H.W. Bush in the United States, they were unique leaders who understood what needed to be done, and the, especially, let's say, Gorbachev, and he took his country to where he wanted it to be or where he, he thought he should be. In the Middle East, 
those leaders pay with their lives. Yeah, that's a very poignant. We're speaking with Jor Moray, the new movie, The Human Factor, coming out on May 7th. A couple more questions. You know, we hear a lot about the Golan Heights, which, you know, go into Syria. And after the Six-Day War, uh, Israel, you know, put a settlement in there and basically in the 80s said this is now officially part of Israel. I know that Mount Hermon is in there uh, as well. How fractious is that area of the world still between Israel and Syria? Look, you know what happened with Syria in the last decade? I mean, Syria is basically a completely shattered country by the Arab Spring and what uh, the butcher uh, Bashar al-Assad did to his people. Bear in mind that 500,000, at least 500,000 of Syrians were butchered by this leader. Almost five to six million people flee, flee their country uh, when he was trying to keep maintain his, his position as the leader. So, uh, I mean, a lot of Israelis are relieved that there was no peace between uh, Israel and the, and the Syrians because then if we would have given up the Golan Heights, Assad would have uh, stayed on the top of the Kinneret with his friend from Iran and Hezbollah. But, you know, this, this is a question that I posed to the negotiator and the, the, the really interesting answer that they give me in the movie is basically you can't predict what would have happened if there would be peace. And if there would be peace, the whole Middle East would, would look different. So, you know, when you think about what was not done and you are happy with that, just think about what would have what have been happened if there was peace. So it's a question, it's a, it's a very interesting question at the end of the day, because the ramification of the Syrian conflict are felt all over the world. What happened in, 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 uh, in Europe, the rise of the far right all over Europe, the xenophobia and hatred of foreigners, what happened in America also, all of that is consequences of some of it from the crisis which was built in during the Arab Spring and the Syrian uh, conflict. So the question what would have happened if there was peace between Israel and Syria is a question that I will dwell in my mind for a long time. Anyhow, the negotiators in my movie are saying that it would be completely different than what it is now. And it's an interesting point to think about. Mm -hmm. Last question for you. I also think, and it, it's hard for me to actually know what's going on. It's complicated. But with the Gaza Strip, when Hamas took control, and basically you had Egypt and Israel blockading it, wh who controls the Gaza Strip? And, and what, how is that going to get resolved, do you think? Well, it's a political... Look, the, the Gaza Strip is controlled now by Hamas. It's a uh, tough... Islamic law there, uh, they are bound or to the destruction of the state of Israel. So um, I don't see any hope of, you know, the Palestinians are now divided into two, two, two parts. There is Gaza, which is controlled by Hamas, and there is the West Bank, which is controlled by the Palestinian authorities. But if I come back to my movie, what, what the movie shows very, very well, I think, is the importance of the human factor and the importance of the relationship between the leaders and how they build those trust or completely shatter the trust between themselves. And this is something that if I want to be conveyed to the public is the importance of that factor, the human factor, the relationship, being a human being, is understanding the person that is in front of you and understanding that you need to give him or to put yourself in his shoes. And there's amazing stories to that in the movie, which... I think anybody who, as everybody, can learn a lot about, 
you think that in those places where the White House or, or the Prime Minister office or the President's office, there are di different human beings. And at the end of the day, there are human beings like you and me who suffer, who want to be respected and want to be acknowledged by the other side. And if there's a message that I want to convey in the movie is that it's really, really important to understand the other side and to put yourself in the shoes in the other side if you want to reach some, some kind of compromises between two foes. There he is, Oscar-nominated director Jerome Moray, the movie The Human Factor. If you're in the city, it's one of my favorite theaters, Landmark Embarcadero will be opening on May 7th. Jerome, congratulations on the film. Thank you for coming on. It is an important piece of work. So uh, congratulations, and uh, hopefully we'll catch up in the future. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure to speak to you. All right. I'm Rick Tittle. We'll take a quick break, and we'll come on back on Sports Pilot. Attention to anyone that's written a book or wants to write a book. The process is not that complicated. Take a first step. Even if you write a page a day, you'll build momentum and your book will become a reality. The hard part is getting it published. That's when you need to call Page Publishing. They've got hundreds and hundreds of thank yous from different new authors, just like you. They make the process of publishing your new book and getting it sold online a simple process. You can learn how Simple it is right now by calling for your free page publishing new author submission kit. One quick three-minute phone call. That's all it takes to get free information and learn how you can get your book published. Pick up your phone right now and call us 24 hours a day at this number. 800-603-0885. 800-603-0885. 800 that's 800-603-0885. Airlines have just reduced their prices even more. Book 30 days in advance and save big. Want the absolute lowest prices on your airline tickets? Then call the low-cost airlines travel hotline right now. For prices so low, we can't publish them anywhere. The only way to access our low rates and save up to 70% is to call. Save hundreds on your vacation tickets by calling right now. You can fly anywhere in the world and pay discount prices on your or airline tickets. Book a flight today to London, Paris, Madrid, or anywhere else you want to go and pay a lot less guaranteed. Call the International Travel Department right now at Low Cost Airlines. 800 754 4531. 800 754 4531. 800 754 4531. That's 800 754 4531. Attention timeshare owners. This is an urgent consumer alert from the Timeshare Exit Hotline, a national company specializing in helping consumers legally get out of their expensive timeshare contracts. We're offering you a way to legally get rid of your timeshare. So if you're fed up with the maintenance fees that keep on coming and want to learn if you can terminate your timeshare legally and permanently, call today. Even if you've tried before and were unsuccessful in getting rid of your timeshare, call today and see if we 
can help. We offer a complete 100% unconditional client satisfaction guarantee. Make this completely free call and learn how we can help you legally put an end to your timeshare nightmare once and for all. You have nothing to lose, so call right now to qualify and receive a free consultation. 800-880-7167. 800-880-7167. 800-880-7167. That's 800-880-7167. Paid for by Airtime Media. in the first hour you hear that music and you know on a tuesday it's time to check in with our friends over at salesporttalk.com specifically karen lyle who joins me from her home in the east bay for the last week we'll do it in studio next week how are you doing karen i'm doing great rick just been out sailing on sunday with 60 boats on the parade in front of the city and i'm back ready to talk salesport talk yeah, before we get into our first guest, what was that? It looked like there was a small naval battle going on. <laughs> well, you remember Eric Jones, who came in last week, and his boat, Sea Valor. He, he was the committee boat, and so we went, um, and all of the boats paraded along the San Francisco front for the um, 2021 San Francisco opening day on the bay, and it was a physical event. There were about 60 boats, including the Matthew Turner, which is a hundred and something uh, tall ship and the fire boat started it out with the water spewing out and showing us how they put out fires. It was really quite awesome. All right. Very well. Let's check in with our first guest. We're happy to have him. It is uh, Johnny Burke. He's an Emmy award-winning filmmaker and uh, his films have shown in festivals worldwide, makes a very inspiring uh, documentaries with interesting characters in his most recent film called Lost at Sea did win a prize uh, in Banff at the 18th International Ocean Film Festival. Johnny, welcome to the show. Uh, tell us a little bit more about Lost at Sea, what's it's about, and, and how you got the idea for it, please. Great. Thanks very much for having you on. Um, I'm speaking from London in England, so I feel very far away from you, but it's nice to feel close to the festival by having a bit of radio coverage, so thanks for that. Um, yeah, Lost at Sea is one of those films that, in a way, it, it's really a chance to give um, a, what I would call a forgotten sporting hero uh, their chance to be remembered. Uh, so I think the, the film is about Peter Bird, who was a rower in the 80s and 90s. And he, would, um, he was trying to be the first person to row across the Pacific Ocean in both directions. Uh, and actually, he would set out from San Francisco and he would try and reach Australia and then on a few other occasions, he would set out from Russia and he was attempting to come back to San Francisco. So that was his route. Um, and what happened really is that um, Peter had a son called Louis. And unfortunately, Peter died at sea in 1996. And Louis and his mum, Polly, they kept hold of all of Peter's amazing video archive and radio audio archive. And they had it kind of kept in their attic for about 25 years. And, and no one had seen it and no one knew about it. And Peter and his achievements had been forgotten. And then what happened is Louis came to the production company that I was working with called Renegade Pictures. And he said, we've got this incredible footage, this incredible archive. And we, we got it all converted and we looked at it. And it truly was a kind of 
an incredible moment of opening up the box and finding this stuff that's been sat in an attic for 25, 30 years. And, and that archive is really the, the basis of the film. Well, Johnny, that is um, an, an amazing story. I looked at the trailer, and I'm really looking forward to seeing the film. I guess it's being featured in the International Ocean Film Festival in San Francisco, and mm-hmm. uh, you're calling you're calling into our studio in San Francisco, but we broadcast to 168 countries, so we also broadcast yep. to London, and you can catch us over there on um, TuneIn um, Radio on the Sports Byline Channel, and also on the American Forces Network, which has, I think, about 500 radio stations throughout the world. But I have a question for you about having to go through all this footage and make a story out of it. There was so much material. What was your guiding factor to help you kind of pull this together into a documentary? Yeah, I think it's a good question. I mean, with, with, with all films, there's always the challenge about what is the story that you want to tell. And um, one of the things with this film is that uh, Louis Bird, Peter's son, was intimately involved with the filmmaking process. And and Louis and I worked incredibly closely together and we talked a great deal. Um, And the executive producer, Alex Cook, we all talked a great deal about what the film was really about. And one of the things straight away we said is that, you know, in a way, this film isn't really about rowing. Uh, The film's really about um, uh, adventure and risk and and the dangers of taking, you know, of leading an adventurous life. And then also what are the kind of knock on consequences of that? So I think the film is, you know, the, you know, I think watching people row in a film could get quite boring because <laughs> it's a very repetitive sport and it takes a very, very long time to cross an ocean. So there was a huge amount of, of rushes of material of Peter just sat on his boat rowing endlessly. Uh, and we realized that wasn't going to make um, an exciting film. Uh, but what does really make an exciting film is realizing that in a way, the film charts Peter's journey from being a young man where he sets out rowing in the 70s and he he doesn't have a family. He doesn't have a partner. He's very free and he and he sets off on this incredible adventure. And uh, and then gradually, as he gets older, he he has a partner and he has a child. And then the questions about whether you lead an adventurous life. And become much more complex because then you have responsibilities on your shoulders to to earn a living and to be there for your family. And so I think the real heart of the film for us from very early on was really this big question about um, the balance between the search for adventure and the search for responsibility or a choice of responsibility. And that was obviously seen through Louis Bird's life story, which is obviously when his dad died. Louis was only four years old and that I think he spent Louis spent his life trying to find his dad trying to understand who his dad was and in a way why did he leave him and so one of the incredible things in the film is that Louis then goes on his own ocean row and and tries to understand his father by going out to sea and experiencing what it's like to be out at sea. It's very poignant. May I ask, uh, Johnny, what area of London are you in right now? Uh, I don't know if you know it very well. I'm in South London, an area called Clapham. Yes, Clapham Junction there with all the uh, trains I do know. And I also wanted to ask you, I know you did the film about the world naked bike ride in London, (laughs) which is really it's really more of a protest than an exhibition, isn't it? 
That's right. I don't know if it's an event. Does it, you guys have it in the States, don't you, as well? It's all over the world now. Um, when I when I did it back in 2005, I filmed it was it was really the early days of that movement. And uh, and so the cyclists were very brave because there weren't very many of them. And uh, obviously there's safety in numbers, I think, if you're doing a naked bike ride. And uh, and these guys famously in Sao Paulo, there was a ride with only two people in uh, which means you have to be very brave. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I, I, I've always been adv- interested in, in unusual films and unusual stories. And I think in a way, you know, the naked bike ride was quite an unusual story at the time. Um, but I feel like it was the people doing it, their hearts were in the right place. Um, and they're trying to make a difference and the issues that they were protesting at the time, which is oil dependency, you know, they only become more and more pertinent, those issues, you know, with every, with every passing day. Well, and Johnny, what what appealed to you about the water and the experience on the Pacific Ocean in this um, lost at sea as you were uncovering this story from the the, the documentary footage? Yeah, I mean, I, I I'm personally I'm not um, a great adventurer. Um, I'm more of a, a land lubber, I'd be called. Um, so I personally had only, apart from being out in a small uh, sailing boat as a kid I, I'd never really spent much time on the sea um, but I've always had a love of the sea um, and I think I think really it was in some ways the, it was for me helping Louis go through a journey so for me as the director I was I felt like part of my role was not just to tell the story but was also to help was also to help Louis who was still feeling a great deal of um, grief at the death of his father to help guide him through the stages of grieving and and beginning to heal and i think so so in a way it was having a a a very delicate touch with the material and with the story and allowing the story to be told in a very truthful way and 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 allowing louis his voice in the film Uh, because louis louis in a way has a very interesting thing he says on the one hand his father is his hero but on the other hand, he's desperately sad that his father went to sea and ultimately died. And I think that that contradiction, the, the, those two contradictory things are right at the heart of the film. And, and I, I hope from what I know from speaking to Louis, he, he did find the process of making the film a cathartic experience. Good stuff from Johnny Burke, award winning filmmaker. Remember, the film is called Lost at Sea at the 18th International Ocean Film Festival. By the way, if you go to intloceanfilmfest.org, you can check it out for more information. Johnny, congratulations on the film. Thanks for joining us, and uh, hopefully we'll catch up on your next one. Cheers. Thanks very much. Take care. And uh, Karen, uh, you've never been lost at sea, have you? Oh, I've been lost in a marina trying to find my slip. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, so if you, you, you do have times, I've had times where there's been equipment failures and you're out in the middle of the ocean. And, and so then you have to um, figure out how to triangulate or, you know, if you don't see land, then that's kind of difficult. But as long as there's land, you can find your way. You know, it's, it is just always a challenge because there's, there is that thin edge between um, adventure and excitement and, and also loss where, you know, hmm, Something's really gone wrong. Yeah. What's the poem? You just need a star to steer her by. Rick Tittle and Karen Lyle, more sailing on the other side. Come on back. Oh,
They come when I step elsewhere They promise you no joke that you have part I wonder if my parents will ever be a part Salesport Talk. I'm with Leah Jones to talk about the music video of her song Under Sail, which was shot on my boat Sandpiper on the San Francisco Bay. Well, the song that you recorded was beautiful. You composed that song. Can you tell us a little bit about the inspiration? Well, the inspiration comes from absolute devastation of losing one of my best friends, uh, Captain Robert McCreary. There's a nice dedication for him at the very end of the video um, that we shot on your boat. But Captain Bob, or I called him Bobby, was one of my best friends, and we've known each other since college, and we spent more time on the bay than we did on land. And when he passed away in 2000, in 18, I wanted to write a song that would matter to his friends and family, and we had his memorial on Angel Island, and I got to sing that for the first time a couple years ago. Here is Jeff DeSera, the vocalist and guitarist. Jeff, tell us what that experience was like for you, sailing and singing and putting that all together. Oh, it was wonderful. It was definitely, it was a lot of fun, you know, putting the song together and then planning the video shoot. It was just a beautiful day on the bay. It was just such a wonderful experience. Dan, the filmmaker, was very professional. He got some great footage of, of the trip out. We even captured some drone footage. Thanks, Jeff. Here's Dan Folds, the videographer. Tell us a little bit about the experience of filming on the boat. The experience out filming on the boat was interesting. It's definitely a challenging environment being such a small space. And if you're focused too much on the camera and take a wrong step, you could end up in the water. So um, it's definitely a different environment that I'm used to working in. But the challenge was fun, and we captured, I think, a lot of good imagery that kind of encapsulated the story of Captain Robert and of Leah's song, of the the, the music-making process, too. Thanks, Dan. Here is the saxophone player, Mark Costanzo. Now, you didn't actually get to come sailing with us, but where did the video take place of your saxophone? Because it was overlaid into the video, and it was just lovely. I loved the visuals on that. Yeah, thank you. Well, there's a park. I think it's called Cesar Chavez Park, right at the Berkeley Marina. So that's where we decided to meet. That's where they met actually to go on the boat as well. But we met and from there we, we did a lot of video and it was really nice because we're right on the berm, right right at the, the rock wall of the bay. So really good shots of boats and, and the rest of the, the bay behind us. It was a perfect spot and it was a gorgeous day. See Leah Jones' video on salesporttalk.com at salesporttalk.com. Thank you for that, and welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle and Karen Lyle on behalf of salesporttalk.com, and there's the Piano Finders call-in line if you'd like to call up at 800-87-A-PLAY. Lauren Ann Smith is our guest, and we're trying to get a hold of her right now. Until then, 
Karen, you mentioned, um, you know, bringing your boat into the slip just, just for fun, for people like me that don't know, how, how much does it cost to, you know, rent one of those things for a year? Cause I would imagine it would probably be extremely high. You know, it depends upon the marina and where you are here in the Bay area. And it depends on the size you usually charge by foot. And so it might be under a couple hundred dollars and it might be, uh, I think from my, from my boat, it's a 36 foot boat. I'm paying, you know, around $500, you know, a little bit under $500 um, per month for the, they call it birthing fees. And, um, you know, they have, they, we, we joke a bit about, um, about owning a boat because you have um, boat units. We call a boat unit is a thousand dollars. That's how much you spend when you start doing repairs. Right. So instead of saying the amount of money, we'll say it was like, um, you know, five boat units, right? <laughs> but you know, it does it does it does cost a bit to to upkeep it. But there are many people who go into partnerships, and then they will have maybe three or five people who co-own a boat together and share the expenses. And um, you know, or there's boats that belong to nonprofits, and people will join those nonprofits and they'll volunteer labor. And there's all different kinds of ways of being able to to get out there. Um, on the water, even on small boats like rowboats, we were just talking about. We, you sound well now, but at the beginning of that, you were cutting in and out, so I didn't really get what you were saying. Did you say uh, how much did you say it was? Oh, I'm sorry. Um, so somewhere for for my boat, about four hundred and eighty-three dollars per month, um, and then a lot of times people will will um, partner up and and share expenses. Um, oh, I got gotcha. you. So yeah, about right around five hundred bucks a month then. Well, that's for a larger boat, and smaller boats would be oh. you know a couple hundred. <clears throat> but aren't the berthing areas basically all the same size? No, no, they're different sizes. Um, they are okay. they're they're called slips, and so you you get a slip that's approximately the size of your boat. And of course, if you've got a hundred okay. foot boat, then you're going to usually be on an end high, which is the very end of the. Uh, the finger, they call it, which is where all the slips are located on either side, upwind or downwind. And at the very end, there's a long, a long, um, a long space, and that's where that's called the end tie. So I always wondered too, because obviously, once you get to the uh, to the marina and you're trying to find your slip, you're going with your your outboard or your inboard motor. But if you don't have one of those, do you just got to pull all your sails down and and row in because you can't rely on the wind to get you right exactly into that slip, right? Well, you can. Um, you know, there you can manipulate your boat around. Usually, you might leave your jib up, or or the jib is the the forward sail if you have what's called a sloop, which is, you know, has a mainsail and a and a jib. Or you might sail by mainsail, and then you have to drop the sail at a certain point. But I certainly have sailed into a dock. Um, you can sail. Um, you just have to you you have to manipulate it around. And and if you happen to be going straight into the wind, you're not going to have the ability to to go. Um, you know, to have power that way. So you'll probably have to angle, and you might have to use some lines to pull yourself in if you didn't get in exactly the right way. So there's lines of the ropes that you call work, lines are the name that you use for working ropes on a boat so if you're using them in some way they're called a line well i remember it was i don't know maybe a year or two ago the larkspur ferry of which i have 
taken many times, came into the Embarcadero and slammed right into the cement. So even with the pilot going outside, so it's still not an exact science at times, right? Well, you know, I, I haven't <laughs> slammed into a slip since I was a beginner, but I did it when I was a beginner. And uh, that's, that's, that's the, you know, usually what happens is, and here I am telling everybody, but you know, I'm an accomplished sailor now. I can tell my, I can tell my stories of when I, when I wasn't, <laughs> you know, but if it's too close, then you don't feel so, ju- um, you don't feel like joking about it. You know, it's always, you always need a little distance, hopefully years, you know? Yeah. It's Rick Tittle with Karen Lyle, 1-800-878-PLAY. What would be, in, in your opinion, um, because I know people who have, you know, sailed from San Francisco uh, to Asia. What, what would be something in your mind that just sounds way too dangerous and, and way too stupid? Or are you the type of person that, like, embraces all, uh, you know, all sorts of uh, nautical endeavors? Well, I embrace others' nautical endeavors of any kind. In other words, what a person is willing to do for for their own benefit or sense of adventure or to prove a point or to accomplish something, um, I celebrate. And that's one of the reasons I enjoy, you know, being a, being a, a co-host on the show and, and putting together the sales sport talk is because I get to interview these people who have such a passion for what they do. Um, personally, I would say that you know, I, I don't do things just strictly for the sake of adventure or to do them, and I'm not somebody who craves um, that razor-edge feeling of just being on the edge of fear, um, you know, that, that is the other side of the adventure. Um, I tend to be willing to, to put up with weather and with all of those things, um, and I will exhibit courage you know, in the midst of fear, but I'm not seeking it. So it's more something that can happen. But usually I think um, that I'm more of the the idea that that a good ship handler is somebody who doesn't put themselves in a situation where you need a good ship handler. <laughs> and, so, and so I do things like watch the weather and look at the look at the tides and currents and kind of know my limits as to how many foot swells I want to deal with. And even with all that planning, you're going to find yourself in some situation that you didn't expect, but you can mitigate it by paying attention to what's happening. So, um, and that's because I'm also close to shore and I'm not going, I'm not on a circumnavigation of the globe as many of our sailors that we've been talking to. And I'm not racing, you know, with other people who might hit me like happened at Cell GP this, uh, this last um, this last, we'll be talking about that coming up you know, with Christopher next time. You know, it's interesting too. The old sayings, you know, red skies at night, stay at sailors delight. Red skies in morning, sailors take warning. Can you get out on the water, even with like a small craft advisory? But can you get out there, look around, feel the wind, look at the chops, and know exactly what you're getting into? Or is that sort of too yes. too over? Yes. Oh, you can't. Yes, well, there, there are several things that you look. First of all, you can usually tell the direction of the wind by turning your face so that you get the wind coming on equal pressure on both sides of your face, and that's how one of the ways you can tell. But also, if the wind has been blowing for a bit, it creates little bubble trails along the top or surface of the water, and you can look at the bubble trails, and they might be like maybe six inches wide, you know, 
and you'll see these little bubble trails. Now that's if the wind is blowing enough, and it has been blowing on the surface of the water, and you can see the direction of the wind from that. You can look at the tide if you're if you're looking at surfaces, um, say like a seawall, or you're looking at something that um, is um, you know stationary and it's wet above where the water line is, you know that the tide is probably ebb on an ebb tide and it's it's going down. Um, if there's no wet wet surface above it, then it's probably um, you know on a flood where the, the tide is going up. Um, there's, there's all kinds of indicators. In your sails, you can look at the shape of the sail. Um, you can look at how, um, you know, how the wind is flowing. Even though I can't see the wind, you can see how the sail behaves. And you can tell whether you have something called good trim, which is um, meaning that you're efficiently um, manipulating the positioning of the sail so that it's approximately 45 degrees to the wind so that you're going to get efficient, um, you know, propulsion through the water. What part of sailing would you still have to throw up your hands and say, I don't know about that? You know, if somebody said, here, do this, do that, and you're like, um, I, that's something that I'm not very skilled in at this point. What would that be? You know, I think, I think all of us as sailors would say that we have many areas in which we haven't encountered even the, the depths of our lack of knowledge. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> so, so sometimes, some you know, I, there's certain things I know that I don't know how to do yet. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know how to sail a foiling catamaran at you know 50 knots like like the America's Cup guys, you know, and, mm-hmm. and women who, who who sail like that. But but it's it's not what I know that I don't know that worries me. It's what I don't know that I don't know that worries me. <laughs> Where I think I might know something, and then uh, I discover, oh. <laughs> no, that's that's a that's a very wise answer. One more question for you. You know, we've had so many sailors on over the years, and some fantastic solo female sailors as well. Where what's the farthest you think you could go solo? Me going solo. Like Catalina. I mean, what would it be? You know, I I have to say that I'm not a person who who would who would want to sail solo in, to circumvent. I would a double handing is something I enjoy, which means there's another person with me on the boat. And I think the sense of responsibility that you have when you're the captain of the boat, and when anything, especially if it's your boat and you're going to pay for anything that goes wrong, um, you know, it 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 adds a little layer of. Um, concern or, you know, you know, just, just a, a sense of responsibility that you can't complete, I can't completely relax in that role. So I find that I enjoy being a first mate to a really good captain, which is the way that I handle my boat. My boat partner has a minority ownership in the boat, but he has a majority of experience above mine. And so I always feel like that when we're out on the boat and we're out sailing, I can relax and really enjoy the the experience of doing it because all of that responsibility isn't just on my shoulders alone. And so that's, you know, it's one of the reasons, Hey, I like co-hosting with you, Rick, because here you have all these more years of experience broadcasting. I know that if something goes wrong and we're not able to connect with our guest who's in Australia at three thirty in the morning, for some reason that we're going to be able to sit and talk and it's going to work out just fine. <laughs> but we have a minute left just to answer my question. 
what would be the farthest you could go solo, do you think? Well, if I were going to go solo, um, I would be—I would like to be in the Indian Ocean off of Zanzibar and, um, and sail around to the different islands there, um, but not so far as where the pirates are. <laughs> I think for me, I could go from Tiburon to Angel Island. That would be about as far as solo. Do the Raccoon Straits. That would be a good one. And that's really pretty there. I, I was just in the Raccoon Straits last week. It's very pretty. All right. Uh, Karen Lyle, yeah, it's uh, we don't have a guest, but uh, who needs guests? Thanks for checking in. Everybody check out salesporttalk.com. And next week I'll, I'll see you in the studio, huh? Okay, that would be wonderful. I'm looking forward to it. All right, me too. I'm Rick Tittle, and we'll take a quick break. Come on back on Sports Bile. Learn how thousands of smart homeowners are investing about a dollar to avoid expensive home repair bills. John, a former non-customer, said, My air conditioner broke and I had to spend $1,900 to fix it. Jeff, a customer, wrote, My air conditioner broke and I got a new one at no out-of-pocket cost. Mary, a former non-customer, wrote, My heating system stopped running. I had to spend $3,000 to get a new one. Lisa, a customer, wrote, My heater stopped working. I got it fixed at no out-of-pocket cost. For about $1 a day, you can have all the major appliances and systems in your home guaranteed fixed or replaced with HSC's home warranty coverage. Call now, and the first month is free. If the lines are busy, please call back. 800-410-4771. 800-410-4771. 800-410-4771. That's 800-410-4771. Now you can make your home look great and save money. Right now, when you call Renewal by Anderson, you can buy four windows and get the fifth one free. Plus, you get 12 months with no interest, no money down, and no payments. Upgrade your home. Buy four windows and get the fifth one free. Installation and warranty are even included. And the Renewal by Anderson certified retailers take every safety precaution to protect you and your family. Hey, for 25 years, people have trusted Renewal by Anderson for their window replacement needs, and you can too. So call right now. Don't wait. Learn how to get your free window when you buy four. 800-413-6992. 800-413-6992. That's 800-413-6992. Interest accrues from date of purchase, but is waived if paid in full within 12 months. Other conditions apply. We've adjusted our operations to serve you safely following all CDC guidelines. Visit RenewalByAnderson.com for details. Come on, you watch the news. Be prepared to pay more taxes. Then if you owe back taxes or haven't filed in a few years, get ready. The IRS, the largest collection agency in the world, will be coming after you with the power to collect taxes by any means they want to. Hey, they can freeze your bank account, your passport, even padlock your business. Oh, good times. Look, if the IRS claims you owe them 5000 or more in back taxes and they're coming after you, don't panic. Call my friends at Get a Tax Lawyer first. Their job is to negotiate with the IRS and save you money. 
They're experts at it. That's all they do. And you can trust them. In some cases, they have reduced a $50,000 tax bill to less than $1,000. If you owe the IRS $5,000 or more in back taxes, call now for a free consultation. Call 800-732-9635. 800-732-9635. That's 800-732-9635. Where did you get those clothes? At the toilet store? I'm so disgusted by Rick Tittle that I find him very intoxicating. Oh, thank you for that. You know, there are so many things um, that over the years doing this show that I have learned, obviously. Otherwise, I wouldn't be paying attention. Um, You know, like interviewing golfers, interviewing uh, boxers and MMA fighters, uh, NASCAR Indy car drivers. In fact, Brad Kozlowski, one of the best in the business, he'll join me at uh, eleven twelve Pacific time, so a little over an hour. Um, but sailing, of which you know, my my knowledge on sailing is almost all through, you know, military and um, you know, my dad being in the Navy and. He went to OCS in Newport, Rhode Island and learned a lot of sailing things there that he taught me. But, you know, just adventure, tall sailing ships, you know, like Magellan, Sir Francis Drake, stuff like that. I don't really know a lot outside of just going on, uh, you know, little fishing boats out on the bay, which all have a motor. I've never, ever, ever been interested in sailing with like sails like to put up a giant sail and let the wind make the boat go at a 45 degree angle. And then you got to jib and jibe or whatever tack back and forth. That always seems horrifying to me. Uh, so it's good <laughs> the last couple of years, whatever to actually hear about it and just learn about it because it was literally something I had no interest in doing. And so you got to expand your horizons sometimes as we do with our, Friends over at salesportstalk.com. All right, as I mentioned, we have another two hours, so come on back on Sports Byline. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. California Democrat Governor Gavin Newsom will face a recall vote this fall. The effort has 100,000 more signatures than needed to trigger the recall against Governor Newsom and his actions. To ensure election integrity in Arizona, ballot counters are working in Arizona to investigate voting irregularities in the 2020 presidential election. Democrats do not want the audit to go forward and have been trying to stop the integrity process. 
North Dakota has been designated a Second Amendment sanctuary state after Governor Doug Burgum on Monday signed a proclamation reiterating the state's support for gun rights as protected by the Constitution. Trackers are seeing more and more close calls between satellites as hundreds to thousands of small spacecraft could become junk themselves with any collision. Right now, NASA estimates there are hundreds of thousands of untrackable pieces of junk in orbit around Earth that threaten the operational satellites and even people in space. USA Radio News. America's great cities are in deep trouble. Businesses are closing, taxpayers fleeing, and police are defunded as crime and homelessness rise. It's a dangerous time in big cities like New York, L.A., Chicago, Seattle, San Francisco, and more. All this week, Rob Schmidt is on Newsmax TV, exposing the real truth in his series, Cities on Fire. Every night, Rob Schmidt gives you the real news you won't hear anywhere else. So watch Rob Schmidt tonight at 10 p.m. Eastern and see his Cities on Fire special. Newsmax TV is on all major cable systems. If you don't get it, call your cable system. Tell them you want Newsmax or you can switch. Plus, get Newsmax free on most smart TVs like Samsung, Sony, and LG. Or tune in on Roku, Pluto, Zumo, and YouTube Live. And millions have already downloaded the free Newsmax TV app on their smartphones. So start watching America's fastest-growing cable news channel. Because Newsmax is real news for real people. The kingdom is reporting a remotely piloted boat packed with explosives targeted the Saudi Arabia port of Yambu in the Red Sea on Tuesday. The blast sent black smoke into the sky off the coast. Saudi Arabia claimed to have intercepted and destroyed the attack boat. However, some reports say commercial traffic near the port may have been hit in the assault. Some reports say the attack boat harassed a U.S. warship for three hours before breaking off and heading elsewhere. The U.S. Navy's 5th Fleet declined to immediately comment on the incident. Embattled New York Governor Andrew Cuomo is reportedly taking over leadership of the weekly White House conference calls with the nation's governors about the coronavirus pandemic. President Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris have both opted not to join. After a phone call between the United States and India leaders, the United States government says the AstraZeneca vaccines, up to 60 million doses, will be shared with India amid a catastrophic surge in cases there. The United States will also send oxygen, drugs, and supplies to manufacture vaccines to India. USA Radio News. Now you can fly anywhere in the world and pay discount prices on your airline tickets. Book a flight today to London, Paris, Madrid, or anywhere else you want to go. And pay a lot less guaranteed. Call the International Travel Department right now at low-cost airlines. 800-215-5141. 800-215-5141. That's 800-215-5141. Your medical records are very private information. If America moves to a mandatory vaccine card, another one of your freedoms will erode away. Tim Berg from the Phoenix USA Radio News Bureau has more. The CDC says at least 138 million Americans have received at least one COVID-19 vaccine shot. The proof of 4x3-inch paper vaccination record card issued by the CDC. First thing experts recommend you should do once you've been vaccinated is take a digital photograph of both sides of your personal record card. The one thing you should not do is post a picture of your card on social media. That's according to Nanette Day, assistant special agent at HHS, and she says the vaccine lot numbers are key to your card. 
those lot numbers um, are used to legitimize a fake card. They also telling NBC's Today Show scammers are on the lookout as well for vaccine cards online. Well, we've already seen it be used to target people for surveys. They already know the type of vaccine you got and potentially where you received it or what date you received it on. It will lend an air of legitimacy to the fraudulent request, which makes it more likely that you're going to fall for it and take the survey and potentially provide your personal information to a fraudster. The supermoon Monday night and Tuesday morning was seen to many as a super pink moon. A supermoon occurs when the moon is closest to the Earth that results in a brighter, bigger appearance. For USA Radio News, I'm Lance Pry. I'm going to tell you how you can get real health care for as little as $6 a day. Yes, now you can get affordable health care for you and your family immediately and save as much as 50% off your current monthly health care payments. Our plans are perfect for people that are self-employed, can't afford health benefits where they work, or just want to pay less for their current health care. And coverage is guaranteed regardless of your medical condition. We even offer some of the new Christian faith-based health benefits. Save up to 50% on your family's health care. Make a free quick call now. There are no contracts and we give you a 10-day money-back trial period. Call Provision Enrollment right now for your risk-free guaranteed health insurance quote starting at $6 a day. 800-472-5145. 800-472-5145. That's 800-472-5145. Rick Tittle knows his sports. I hate that guy. I love that guy. Oh my gosh, he's so fine. Rick Tittle brings home the bacon, fries it up in a pan, and then he eats it. Ricky T in the hizzle for shizzle, biznatch. Thank you for that. Welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you, Coast to Coast, and around the world on American Forces Radio Network. Um, <clears throat> coming up this hour, the uh, the guest cavalcade continues. We're going to have Brad Keselowski on the other side, who just came off a fantastic uh, victory last lap at Talladega, a track that he really owns. We'll talk to him. And at 11.40, we'll talk to Paul from Peter, Paul, and Mary. His name is Noel Paul Stuckey. So we'll talk to him because uh, he has an album out uh, as well. Uh, Open lines in between, as always. Somebody asked me the other day, who are the most, like, chill athletes to interview? And... I mentioned, um, they probably said golf, and I go, yeah, but fighters, pugilists, combat sports, those guys are always really chill, kind of because they feel like they have nothing to prove. They already know that whatever room they're in, they can beat up everybody in the room, (laughs) which is a really third grader's way of looking at things, but it's true. It's just an unspoken thing. He's like, I don't have to act tough. I already know I can beat everybody up. Um, hockey players, a lot of the times, are very, very chill. I think that's kind of that, uh, you know, they say the, the manners of the South, yes, sir, no, ma'am. You kind of get that in Canada a little bit as well. They're very well behaved. 
them Canadian people. But uh, yeah, NASCAR drivers are always very, very chill, very polite, very patriotic guys and gal. Don't forget Danica. Um, so we'll talk to Brad Keselowski on the other side. 1-800-878-PLAY is the secret code, or as I call it, the phone number. You can get in that way and talk sports. Uh, also, if you'd like to chime in on the email address, it's rick at sportsbyline.com. Uh, go to sportsbyline.com. You can hear the shows stream through, as you can through some apps like TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. And as always, proud to be on American Forces Radio Network Worldwide. I'm Rick Tittle. Come on back with Brad Keselowski. And now today's rust-eating tip of the day, presented by Free All Deep Penetrating Oil. You're all set for a quick tire rotation until you have a rusted-on wheel. Coat those lug nuts in penetrating oil, let them sit for a few minutes, and you'll have them off in a cinch. Now give a generous spray into each mounting hole, place a 2x4 on the outer edge of the wheel, and smack the wood with a mallet, just enough to create some braking force and vibration. Repeat if necessary. And now a word from Free All. Stop wasting your time struggling to loosen rusted nuts and bolts. Start using Free All Deep Penetrating Oil. Free All spreads deep into rusted or frozen parts to help release tough bolts and washers. Its formula delivers three times more lubricant. That means less sprays, less torque, and less time than any other penetrating oil on the market. It's even silicone free. Professionals have trusted Free All Deep Penetrating Oil for over 40 years. Now it's your turn. Get Free All today at AutoZone, O'Reilly, and Napa. Look for the silver can. Have you written a book? You can become a published author with Dorrance Publishing, the nation's oldest publishing services company. Countless authors have trusted Dorrance for nearly a 100 years to bring their book to the market. Our professional team will edit your text, design your book pages, and create an appealing, eye-catching custom cover. Plus, our authors benefit from a custom book promotion marketing campaign that makes your book available where people buy books, like Amazon and -and brick-and-mortar bookstores. So make this free call right now to claim your free author's guide to publishing. Don't wait another day. Take one step closer to realizing your dream of becoming a published author and seeing your name in print. You've already written a book, so the next thing to do is make this free call right now to Dorn's Publishing and get your free guide to publishing. Call right now. 800-485-6003. 800-485-6003. That's 800-485-6003. Come on, you watch the news. Be prepared to pay more taxes. Then if you owe back taxes or haven't filed in a few years, get ready. The IRS, the largest collection agency in the world, will be coming after you. With the power to collect taxes by any means they want to. Hey, they can freeze your bank account, your passport, even padlock your business. Oh, good times. Look, if the IRS claims you owe them 5000 or more in back taxes and they're coming after you, don't panic. Call my friends at Get a Tax Lawyer first. Their job is to negotiate with the IRS and save you money. They're experts at it. That's all they do. And you can trust them. In some cases, they have reduced a $50,000 tax bill to less than $1,000. If you owe the IRS $5,000 or more in back taxes, call now for a free consultation. Call 800-732-9635. 800-732-9635. That's 800-732-9635. Oh, I would love that. And then maybe afterwards we can go field herping. That's when you go out and you look for reptiles. 
Tittle once threw a tennis ball at a donkey. Welcome back to Sports Byline USA, coast to coast and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. It's our pleasure to welcome back to the show NASCAR star driver Brad Keselowski, of course, in the number two Verizon 5G Mustang. For Team Penske, and he's here to talk about how he, with the Checkered Flag Foundation, is going to be concentrating on the month of military child. And we'll get to that in a second. But first of all, congratulations at uh, Talladega. Uh, winning there for the sixth time now on Sunday in the Geico 500. And is there something about that track that just lends itself to what you do best, or is it just one of those things where you happen to win there six times? Well, Rick, I knew if I knew exactly what it is, I would bottle it up and, and sell it. Uh, but, uh, no, I, all jokes aside, it, it's been a great track for me and uh, super proud to, to bring home win number six. It's a uh, Something I don't know if I ever dreamed uh, I'd be able to pull off. Shoot, when I started, I just wanted to win a race. I had no idea I'd win there six times. Um, so uh, it, it's really special. Uh, got a long ways to go to catch up to the greats in this sport. You know, they were in her one until they get ten times. So uh, pretty far cry away from that at six. But I'm doing the best I can and, and proud of the success, proud of my team. Yeah, well, you're you're on your way. And I would have to say, too, that, the way you want it as well. I mean, is it, it the kind of thing when you do an overtake in the last lap that this was your plan all along, or, or sometimes you just have to stay so fluid that you see your opportunity and jump on it? Well, uh, yeah, you know, when you, when you win on the last lap, of course I'm going to say, of course, it was planned. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. But, uh, you know, things have to come together, too. It, it's both, right? It's a combination of great planning and uh, a little bit of luck and execution. So. Um, all of those things came together just perfectly, and uh, I made it count. What's it like now that it, it looks like, knock on wood, we're coming out of this pandemic? And I know your manufacturing company did its part, made a lot of uh, the face masks. But uh, for you to, to see the fans back, and uh, as I said, there, it looks like there's light at the end of the tunnel. What, what, how has it been the last year for you guys? Yeah, there's a lot of light in the tunnel. I mean, it's obviously been a difficult year for many, many people, and I don't want to, you know, uh, put any of them in a, in a bad spot. But for us, I, you know, I got to give a lot of credit to NASCAR. They did a great job working through different protocols with local governments and, you know, anybody out there that they could to, to keep our racing back on track. And I hear from fans all the time who said, gosh, I'm, I'm so glad you guys were racing because I'm so bored to death at home. And, you know, you kept me entertained during a really tough point in time in our lives. And it's so heartwarming to hear because I know it, it's been very difficult on so many. Um, so with respect to that, we're, we're glad to, to be able to race and glad to be able to continue to entertain. And I've got a whole new, you know, kind of look on the world because, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I just drive a car in circles, right? I'm not really curing cancer or anything, but still, uh, you know, you get frustrated with your job like anyone else does. And, and you have little moments like that where, you, you know, you, you reflect and you think about how lucky you are even just to have a job, right? So. Um, certainly uh, thankful for the opportunities I've been provided. Well, maybe not carrying cancer, but with the Checkered Flag Foundation, you have given literally millions of dollars to so many great charities. Let's talk about Month of the Military Child. What is this all about, Brad? So the month of April is a chance for us to recognize military children. Uh, so it's Month of the Military Child, and the color purple is kind of like a blend of all the different branches of services and uh, represents all of them, I think, really well. And, you know, you think about military children and, um, you know, how hard that must be to watch their 
mom or dad go out and, and serve our country and put their life in harm's way and, and know that that's what's going on and the different stresses that go through their life. And, you know, for us, we just want to recognize them, recognize that uh, the sacrifice they make and the struggles that they have to endure for us. And, um, you know, so purple is the, the color that signifies it. And the, during this month, we represented uh, four different children that uh, uh, all have their own stories. Some of them are very deep and personal and involve the loss of, you know, their, their family members. And uh, we just don't want to leave them behind. We don't want to forget about them. No, that's excellent. And uh, I'm a military child as well. Luckily, when my dad served, it was a, a moment of, uh, of peacetime. Um, and back then, there was still a draft as well. What is it about this cause that, that sort of hits home to you, Brad? Well, you know, I, I have several family members who served our country, um, and I'm really proud of them, and a lot of friends too. And, you know, I think at the end of the day, um, you know, we're living in one of the greatest countries ever. It's not, not even 300 years old, but it's done so much in the little bit of time it's existed, the United States of America, that is. And I want to see it keep going and uh, see what else it can do. And, you know, is it perfect? No, but it's, it's better than anything else we've known in recorded history. And uh, those freedoms are provided by the men and women that serve and are willing to put their life out on the line, and I'm very thankful for that. Good stuff. A couple more questions for Brad Keselowski. Um, I always wondered, you know, um, your, you know, Michigan, uh, Polish heritage, do they embrace you in Warsaw and mm-hmm. crack, Krakow? Are they proud of you back there, or do they know about you? <laughs> you know, I don't know. I've, I've seen a little bit of fan mail from Poland, but... Um, you know, I, I, I can't say specifically. I don't know if I have that answer. <laughs> All right. And the other thing I wanted to ask you, too, is, as a Michigan guy, are you in the camp of, you know, look, uh, Harbaugh's great for the school and, and let him build his program? Or are you, the, are you in the camp of, look, he can't beat Ohio State, Michigan State, Notre Dame? I've had it with He has to go. Or where are you, in the middle? Uh, probably in the middle. We, we want to win, but... Uh, he has done a lot to reinvigorate the program. It's better than it was before he came. I don't think you could argue against that. No, there's no doubt. And he's Michigan through and through. Um, a couple of the other things that you do with your charity, um, the uh, Officer Jordan Sheldon Memorial Scholarship, which uh, supports uh, you know, the next generation of law enforcement and, and proper training. And in this country right now, as we know, in the last couple of years, um, the, the police, the, the training is so essential to make sure that, uh, um, you know, we get a, a, a police force that, that knows what they're doing and gets the support of the, the community. Uh, why is that something that's very important to you for your charity, Brad? Well, you know, Officer Sheldon gave his life in the uh, line of duty. It's a very difficult situation. It's a bit unimaginable for me to, to think that, you know, he was a police officer that, you know, stopped for a routine traffic stop and you know was unfortunately murdered and on, on the site and um, I can't imagine what that must be like uh, for his family um, and what those moments must have been like for him personally um, but you know what we can do is because we can't change the past we can try to learn from it and um, try to help the next generation uh, have the tools they need to you know, one, obviously not go through that type of event, but two, not to get on the other side of it. And, you know, um, and and I think both of those 
scenarios have played out, unfortunately, and, and I think they're very well publicized. And it's, uh, you know, our responsibility to, I think, react to it justly and, and find the proper training to, to find a place in the middle, which I think would meet our expectations. So I want to be part of the solution, not part of the, uh, the problem. Well said. And, you know, looking at your career now, um, and I mentioned Team Penske, no one has more wins for that team. And, and it seems like every driver I've interviewed has had two or three teams, four teams, maybe even started their own team. What's it like to have that kind of consistency? That's got to be very comforting. And it's it's a win-win both ways, isn't it? Yeah, Roger Penske's been incredible to me. There's no way around that. I, I don't know where I'd be without him. He's helped me grow in a number of ways. I'm, I'm very thankful for him and everything he's done for my career. And to win for him is, a, is really an honor. Well, I think about what you've done. Uh, you're already in the playoffs this year. Best of luck in uh, Kansas next week, Brad. And I want to remind everyone the Checkered Flag Foundation and Month of Military Child, all supported by Brad Keselowski. Thanks for your time, my man. Congratulations and best of luck. I appreciate you. Thanks, Mr. Rick. Okay, I'm Rick Tittle. We will take a quick break, and we'll come on back on Sports Byline USA. Who do you think you are? It's tough and stuff. You're never going to get my love. Now because you wear all those fancy clothes. Oh, yeah. And have a big, fine car. Oh, yes, you do now. You love your dog. Is something bothering him or her and you can't figure out what it is? Maybe they seem slow or lethargic, and maybe they just don't have energy. Wouldn't you like your dog to be living their very best life? PetJoy offers a money-back guarantee on all of its products. If your dog won't eat it or you don't see the results you want, just let us know and we'll make it right. Totally risk-free. What do you have to lose? You can't buy PetJoy multivitamins in a store. The only way you can get them is through this unique radio offer. And if you call right now, learn how to get two bottles free with your order. Turn your dog's life around and make him or her a happy camper. Ain't that right, boy? He said call PetJoy right now. 800-846-2153. 800-846-2153. That's 800-846-2153. Do you need to sell your home? If you've sold a home before, you remember how stressful and expensive it was. Sold.com is here to help you sell your home for the most money and with the least amount of stress. There are new ways to sell your home that you've never heard of before. Did you know there are companies who will offer you cash for your home? Did you know you could trade in your home for a new one? Did you know there are realtors who will sell your home for a flat fee instead of an expensive commission? It's true. Sold.com services are free. So if you're looking to sell, make this free phone call right now and learn how your next home sale can be faster and easier than you ever thought possible. Pick up your cell phone and call right now. 800-449-1759-800-449-1759-800-449-1759. Again, that's 800-449-1759. Do you own an annuity, either fixed rate, indexed, or variable? Are you paying high fees and getting low returns? If so, Annuity General would like you to have this free book to learn the pitfalls and mistakes of buying an annuity. 
The annuity do's and don'ts for baby boomers contains the little known truths about annuities, like how to help reduce your fees and increase retirement income. And it's free. That's right, free. As a bonus, we'll also throw in a free annuity rate report just for calling. We researched over 1,000 annuities and summarized rates and benefits from financially strong insurers. You get annuity do's and don'ts for baby boomers and the annuity rate report, both absolutely free for calling Annuity General today. Hurry, supplies are limited. Call now. 800 760 1845. 800 760 1845. 800 760 1845. That's 800 760 1845. What kind of music do you usually have here? Oh, we got both kinds. We got country and western. Tittle ate 200 chicken wings at your mama's house last night. Now back to Fat Boy. Ah,、oh, that hurts my feelings.、Uh, we have an open segment. Feel free to get in and have yourself heard. 1-800-878-PLAY is the number to call. 1-800-878-7529. Coming up in the next segment, we will have Paul from、uh, Peter Paul. And Mary, and、uh, we will also、uh, have Chef from Chef Boy RD. No, I'm just kidding. All right. <clears throat> the,、um, the draft. I mean, I can't go a whole show on draft week without talking about the draft. And, you know, people love to put together lists. You know, we talked yesterday about the top bust. And they always like to say to Marcus Russell, I say if a return on. The number one overall pick,、uh, not a lot, yeah.、Um, but bust to me, it can mean two things.、Uh, well, 90% of it means the guy didn't work out. The other one, it was just you really thought some unsung guy would hit. Like, I think Al Davis's pick of Bob Buxkowski is a million times worse than what he did with Jamarcus Russell. I mean, a million times worse. And if you don't know who Bob Buxkowski is, well, then you ain't a Raider fan. <clears throat> Unfortunately, Bob Buxkowski is no longer with us. But he was a first round pick of the Raiders in、uh, 1986. He was a defensive end out of、uh, University of Pittsburgh. And no one, no one, no one thought he was going to go in the first round. And.、Um, He, uh, uh, you know, he was arrested for drugs, and apparently he was a pimp at one point, or what they called promoting prostitution. <clears throat> he was apparently alleged to have been、uh, in a,、uh, a corrupt organization or a gang. This all happened、uh, in his hometown of Pittsburgh, and it's a pretty tragic story. That to me is much more of a bust than drafting the guy that everyone said would be the first overall pick, and then he stunk and didn't care. But on that note, John Breach wrote an article today that I thought was interesting. He said the top number one overall picks in NFL history 
as far as <clears throat> what you got out of them, the top five he had. And he has the greatest number one overall pick of all time being Peyton Manning. Now, Peyton Manning uh, won two Super Bowls, but he did rewrite the record book. He holds the single-season record for most touchdown passes, which I saw him break at the Coliseum, 55. He has the single-most passing yards in a season, 5,477, which is a number that I would have to look up. Uh, as I said, these aren't baseball numbers. For some reason, we don't care as much. Um, and now that the... Uh, you know, Peyton Manning is going to hold on to those records forever and ever because we now have 17 games. So no matter what happens, people will say, well, <clears throat> this guy got an extra game. And, you know, as I said, he decided to retire and he in 2015 and he had 200 total wins, 539 touchdown passes, nearly 72,000 yards. Um, which were all in the top, which were all records when he retired. He's still top three all time in any of those. Um, he'll finally be a Hall of Famer in August. But what I thought was interesting, uh, Peter King reported this when they were talking about his Hall candidacy when they got together with the voters. And they said the debate on Peyton Manning lasted 13 seconds. And then he tweeted it, and everybody else tweeted it. 13 seconds. So let me just count it on my hand. All right, next up is uh, Peyton Manning for the Hall of Fame. What do you think? One, two. Yep, yeah, he's in. Everybody? Yeah. Nobody else? Any, any, any nays? Any nays? Nobody? Okay. All right, well, going once, going twice, he's in. There's 13 seconds. Right there. <clears throat> now, he will be the 15th number one overall pick ever to get into the Hall of Fame. And some of those other guys would be Troy Aikman, Earl Campbell, O.J. Simpson, Orlando Pace, the golden boy Paul Horning. And um, will Eli get into the Hall of Fame? <laughs> now, <clears throat> remember, um, if you think about supplemental picks who got in that don't count like Joe Namath and uh, Steve Young but um, he's the number one guy now you might say well all right well what about John Elway you know John Elway uh, you know he led the Broncos to the playoffs 10 times he got them to five Super Bowls and yeah he does does that add up you know, like what uh, what it does with uh, Peyton Manning. And remember, for those of you who don't remember, there was a big debate about whether it should be Peyton Manning or Ryan Leaf, number one overall. And Ryan Leaf was seen to be more athletic. And Ryan Leaf was seen to be more of a gunslinger, where Peyton Manning was a guy who would, you know, hold the ball up by his ear, great fundamentals. Stand in the pocket, but he couldn't run a lick. He couldn't get away from pressure. And what if he has a bad offensive line? He's going to stink. Well, the Colts, the uh, Chargers don't have to live with the horror of passing on Peyton Manning because they picked second. And the really funny thing was, was after Indianapolis picked Manning 
and San Diego took Leaf. Their first games they started, Leaf won, and Peyton Manning, the Colts lost. And there were actually people who said, see, there you go. It's like the idiots who say, see, Belichick, it was all about Brady. You suck without him. You know, it was it was people like that who would who would say such things. <clears throat> but anyway, rounding out his list of uh, top five, he has Elway, too. Number three, he has Bruce Smith, which I think is interesting. And that's been a little bit of a gamble when you take a defensive guy first overall. But um, four, number four on the list, he has Chuck Bednarik. He was the first overall pick of the Eagles in 1949. And, of course, he has one of the most unique stories of anybody because he was 25 years old. And he joined the Army immediately in high school so he could fight in World War II. He got out of the Army after World War II. Then he went to college. And in his rookie year, he was so good that the Eagles made him play both ways. He was the team's starting center, and he was a starting middle linebacker. And he also was the punter and the kicker. So, I mean, listen, it was a, I'm not saying it's a different game. It's a different style. But if you talk about value... Now, on fifth on the list, he has Terry Bradshaw, 1970. And it's hard to imagine the Steelers as the worst team in the NFL, but that's exactly what they were heading into the 1970 draft. They were 1-13. They got the top pick, and they laid the future, their uh, foundation of the team, by taking Bradshaw. And he brought a swagger to that team, which was sorely missing. And by his third year, they were in their first AFC championship game ever, and that became a very common uh, occurrence. But if you think about Terry Bradshaw, I think he should be more lauded. It's just that he like makes himself a caricature of himself. You know, he's like, oh, I'm just a dumb hayseed. I got a big gut and I'm bald. And, uh, boy, I like chicken wings. But that's just his personality. <laughs> Where do you go? L.A. Tech. Um, but yeah, of course, the Steel Curtain defense, of course, helped as well. But you're thinking about winning four Super Bowls. You know, the uh, you know only Tom Brady has won more Super Bowls at quarterback than than Terry Bradshaw. You know, and uh, is that good value at the number one overall pick? Yeah. Now we can revisit this someday, as as people always will, and you'll say, uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes. No, he wasn't number one overall. He wasn't. No. <laughs> If anybody knew Patrick Mahomes was going to be Patrick Mahomes, he would have been number one overall. I mean, you look at uh, at uh, Andy Reid, who, you know, in a panic, like, we have to get ahead of San, we have to do this, we have to do that. And, yeah, mentioned San Francisco. But, like, a lot of people pass on guys. It's going to happen. The rumor was with Elway when he said, I'll never play for the Baltimore Colts. I need to be on the West Coast. And he had a deal in place with the uh, with the Raiders. And uh, Pete Rosell apparently nixed the deal. He didn't want John Elway to go to the deal. So he went to Colorado. By the way, if you're in Colorado and you want to go to the beach, you have to go through the entire state of Utah, the entire state of Nevada, and then drive through California. Um, another four hours before you're going to get to the beach. I never really understood that one. But uh, value for the number one overall pick, Peyton Manning, number one all time. I remember... Uh, when I was working on sports TV, they were talking about him when he was in high school. Like, this is going to be the next big guy. All right, when we come back, we will speak with Paul. St. Paul? No, Peter, Paul, and Mary. Come on back. 
home is awesome, but it's also a lot of work. The good news? Finding help for your projects is easier than ever. Introducing Angie, the app that puts all your home care needs at your fingertips. Need a pro to fix that emergency leak? Maybe find someone to build a deck or even set your seasonal tasks on autopilot. Angie can handle all that and more. Expert pros, hundreds of home projects, clear pricing, and the easiest way to book and pay in seconds. This is Angie, your home for everything home. Download the app today. Attention to anyone that's written a book or wants to write a book. The process is not that complicated. Take a first step. Even if you write a page a day, you'll build momentum and your book will become a reality. The hard part is getting it published. That's when you need to call Page Publishing. They've got hundreds and hundreds of thank yous from different new authors just like you. They make the process of publishing your new book and getting it sold online a simple process. You can learn how simple it is right now by calling for your free page publishing new author submission kit one quick three-minute phone call that's all it takes to get free information and learn how you can get your book published pick up your phone right now and call us 24 hours a day at this number 800-603-0885 800-603-0885 that's 800-603-0885 Hi, this is Ron Barr, and I've got great news for anyone suffering from ongoing pain due to aging, overexertion, and the effects of everyday living. Relief Factor is a 100% research-based formula that was created to combat the root causes of inflammation. Relief Factor is designed to address sore muscles, stiff joints, aches, and the general discomfort you may feel. There are four key ingredients, and each approaches the body's natural inflammatory response function from a different metabolic pathway. And they've got something special for Sports Byline Network listeners. You can get their three-week quick start program for just $19.95. That's only 95 cents a day. Head to relieffactor.com or call 1-800-500-8384. Relief Factor helps to support a healthy response to inflammation and decreases discomfort from the effects of daily living. And you can get yours at relieffactor.com or by calling 1-800-500-8384. Your life, your freedom. Get back to living at relieffactor.com. At Tub of Towels, we started with the toughest messes and quickly realized Tub of Towels heavy-duty cleaning wipes can clean just about anything, like stubborn brake dust, spilled paint, even permanent marker. There's literally thousands of uses. Proudly made in the USA with over 30,000 five-star reviews. Find Tub of Towels heavy-duty cleaning wipes at your local auto parts store, the Home Depot, Lowe's, and more. Look for the big yellow tub. But it's not about the speed. that and uh, we're listening to uh paul noel paul stuckey and that's the song in his times and uh of course paul from peter paul and mary he joins us right now we're happy to have him rick tittle with you coast to coast and around the world on the american forces radio network uh noel paul stuckey has a uh, an album called just causes with all profits going to charity 
and you also be part of the Best of the West online series presenting a conversation with Noel Paul Stuckey, which will be tomorrow on YouTube at 4 p.m. Pacific. Uh, Noel, thanks for being on the show. We appreciate it. Uh, what is it about uh, music and, and most musicians like you? You just, you never stop. It, it never leaves you. You just keep creating. It's not like you, you know, you, you play sports for 20 years and then retire. It's just, it just seems like it's omnipresent, isn't it? Well, it's a different kind of muscles too. <laughs> you know, I have, uh, I can be sort of sedentary and still, uh, my brain, uh, sees these opportunities to comment on things that nobody else seems to, or, or in the case of just causes, you know, I look back over 50 years of uh, songwriting and realize that periodically, uh, some event or circumstance has arisen that, uh, I had created a song for, and why not like Paul Newman does with his pizzas, why not take advantage of the fact that they've been in my music locker freezer for a couple of years and, uh, give the profits away to the, to the organizations that are best represented by each one of the tunes. So I got 15 tunes on there and it's, uh, you know, pretty humbling to look back at your life and see evidence of where your brain worked. It's very interesting. And I think about, you know, fans you had at the time when you first started, but what's it like getting new fans? Because I remember going to a you know, I'm in my 50s, and I remember going to punk shows in the 80s, but I'll go to a punk show now, mm -hmm. and there are 18-year-olds in there, and I'm thinking, what do you guys know about punk? But I, I, I think it's really cool that they, that they do learn. So what's it like having new young fans? Well, I think you know, when folk music happened to pop radio, and it really was a happening in the early 60s, because prior to that, pretty much anything that wasn't about romance was considered a novelty tune. And then along came, you know, Pete Seeger and the songs of Woody Guthrie and Josh White and recommended to all of us that, hey, you know, we share a lot in common and some of them uh, require some action on our parts. And so they became part of, the music became part of movements and I think influenced uh, all of music, at least all of the lyric music that has occurred on radio now since those 60s. And so fans of every age and every genre uh, really have an opportunity to, in a sense, uh, share uh, concerns uh, across, a wide uh, across a wide spectrum of music. For you personally, growing up and going to Michigan State there in East Lansing, I mean, for you, um, there was Buddhism, you had Catholicism, you had Mormonism in your family. You really kind of had an eclectic mix. How did that lead to your spirituality now? Well, I think my parents, uh, you know, my mom was a, uh, an ex-Catholic and my dad was an ex-Mormon, took a very broad view uh, of the divine. And I think that that in a sense, cautioned me against uh, committing myself to specifically, but then, you know, I kind of, I ran out of running room uh, when I was about 30 years old, and I just confessed to the Almighty that I had been ignoring that part of my life, and uh, it changed me so considerably. And yet, at the same time, you know, Rick, there's a caution, because when we 
first become zealous about our faith, uh, the tendency is to use the baby talk that we're learning. You know, we just accept labels or, or terminology uh, that is commonly held for a faith. But I think uh, God is a lot bigger than uh, the way we limit him with language. And so, as a matter of fact, there, see, I just did it again. I called, I called him a him. When actually, you know, yeah, what is it? What's the phrase? Uh, in matters of theology, it's wise that we remember in Christ there is no east or west, and in God there is no gender. So, the fact is, I've learned through my songwriting, really, to a large extent, to be able to reach a lot of people about their spiritual nature just by using the word love and occasionally capitalizing it so that we are all understanding that we are part of uh, the same human heart family. Very interesting. A couple more questions for Noel Paul Stuckey, the new album, Just Causes. When you establish yourself as someone who would sing about uh, social issues and, and activism, do you ever get to the point where you, know, you just want to write a song that's just solely about love or maybe a really rocking sort of kick-ass type of song and but people are like wait where's the social message in here Noel I mean is it <laughs> is that kind of a burden sometimes no 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 really I I was I was a Johnny come lately really to the folk movement uh and I really ascribe a lot of credit to it in terms of confirming uh my awareness that uh, life is not necessarily a level playing field you know and yet it led me ultimately to recognize that in our hearts, we are much more similar than we give each other credit for. So if you want to talk about a politic, you know, I'm uh, the politic of love is really where I have fallen to now. Uh, matter of fact, I have a new song, you know, that says love with a capital L I'm not talking about witchcraft or a magic spell or hanky panky in a cheap hotel. I'm talking about love with a capital L. And uh, and it rocks. Uh, so the genre of music, you know, the style of music is still I'm still pretty comfortable with many different styles. Um, and, uh, you know, as I said, I, I tend to do I tend to look for that quotient in every subject material that's that connects us, not the one that excludes us. You know, I don't like writing, uh, you know, hate music. Uh, but I, I sure am uh, in this raggle-taggle army, you know, that uh, believes that if there's a revolution to be won, it's going to be won by our personal responsibility, being kind to our neighbor and, uh, and giving. No, I agree with you. And for you, is there a method to the madness? Do you write the lyrics first, almost poetically, and then put it to music? Or do you write the music first and you think, now I need lyrics? Or does are there no rules? <laughs> are, you must be a songwriter or a player yourself. These questions are really uh, very cleverly couched. Uh, yeah, I'm. I there are no rules. Uh, I am a pretty much a cathartic writer. Like I said before, you know, if I see something that nobody's commenting on and I feel it's deserving uh, of notice, um, I'll usually write something. Um, and it's a broad, broad spectrum. I mean, for instance, the Just Causes album has, you know, a song about the Holocaust. It has uh, an immigration sign, has even two new verses to America the Beautiful. 
Um, so I'm pretty audacious in terms of what I'll reach for, but uh, it is quite often surprising to me, you know, uh, as a year later, I will look at a lyric and I'll say, wow, where did that come from? And discover that uh, it's a, a timeless piece of, uh, of rhyme that just dropped into my lap. You know, when I think about all that you that you've done in your career, and I was born in 1965, and two years before that, you were performing um, at the Civil Rights March in in Washington D.C. Does that seem like a hundred years ago to you, or in a way, does it seem like yesterday? Oh no, the uh, you know the the emotion of it seems like yesterday, but the uh, you know the the visualization of it is almost uh, so far away that it's like watching a newsreel now. I mean, for instance, there's a, there's a famous picture of the trio uh, singing to a, a large crowd at that event that has the Washington Monument in the background. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, that's not possible. I mean, I, I was thinking that about, oh, as little as like maybe 15, 20 years ago. And then, <laughs> I recalled we had a rehearsal. There were 200,000 of us that gathered on the lawn of the Washington Monument and went through the entire program before we marched over to the Lincoln Memorial where Dr. King gave a speech and we performed once again. So, the, you know, memory has a, a funny way of re, restating itself so that the essence comes through, but the details get a little murky. Very interesting. And one more thing about that. Were uh, Peter and Mary super short, so you looked like you were six foot nine standing next to them? Or are, or are you super tall? <laughs> uh, Mary was quite tall, actually. Uh, she was 5'10", I think, uh, which at the time, I think we're all getting taller, don't you? I mean, I think the human race is getting taller as we evolve. Mm. I don't know whether it's a lack of gravity or whether we're just, uh, uh, whether the genes are just pulling us up. Uh, no, we were all pretty, as a matter of fact, one of the original names for the trio proposed was the Willows because we all felt like we were like tall and willowy. But then they uh, suggested that I change my middle name to, uh, to Paul. So, and there was a, you know, a historical musical context for that. I don't know if you ever heard the song, I was born about 10,000 years ago and there's nothing in this world that I don't know. I saw Peter, Paul, and Moses playing Ring Around the Roses and I'll whoop the guy that says it isn't so. And that was a that was a song that had Peter, Paul, and M already buried in the lyrics. So to add the airy just made it uh, Peter, Paul, and Mary. Very good. Before we let you go, can you tell us a little bit more about what's going down tomorrow with the Best of the West and Beyond online series? Well, I noticed that they didn't mention that my daughter's going to be on the program as well, because oh, the legacy, the, the legacy, as you've pointed out, of uh, music for social change uh, is still evolving. And uh, as I said, you know, in the early 60s, when it took the the pop radio world by surprise now now it's not uncommon to hear hip-hop rap uh reggae country music uh make uh 
statements about the community concerns. And my daughter, uh, Elizabeth, has created an organization called Music to Life, which helps to fund and mentor uh, musicians in their local communities. So you'll hear a little bit about that uh, on the show. And I think even uh, there's a new song I threw in there as well to try to illustrate a point to uh, Carrie Perlman. Still going strong after all these years, Noel Paul Stuckey, the album Just Causes, All Profits Going to Charity. And as I mentioned tomorrow in the online series from Best of the West and Beyond, it'll be uh, Noel with his daughter Elizabeth, and that'll be on YouTube at 4 o'clock Pacific time. Great having you on the show. Nice meeting you, and uh, let's do it again sometime, Noel. Thank you, Rick. I'd like that. All right. Very good. I'm Rick Tittle. Come on back on Sports Byline. Sing it with us and frolicked in the autumn mist In a lang A little louder Puff the magic dragon Live by the sea And frolicked in the autumn mist In a lang If your loved one has passed away due to COVID-19, pay close attention to this message. You could be entitled to a death benefit of over $300,000. The U.S. government has set up a fund to pay families relief if they've lost a loved one due to COVID-19. We know this is a hard time for you, and this fund has been set up by the federal government to help ease your pain. The compensation includes a death benefit and lost wages benefit. Time is limited, so we urge you to make a free phone call right now. There's no cost to you for this claim. All legal fees are only covered once you receive your money. So if you've lost a loved one due to COVID-19, call the legal helpline right now to find out if you qualify for a cash award. Here's our number. 800-918-4086. 800-918-4086. 800 That's 800-918-4086. Paid for by the IPG Law Group. Now you can make your home look great and save money. Right now, when you call Renewal by Anderson, you can buy four windows and get the fifth one free. Plus, you get 12 months with no interest, no money down, and no payments. Upgrade your home. Buy four windows and get the fifth one free. Installation and warranty are even included. And the Renewal by Anderson certified retailers take every safety precaution to protect you and your family. Pay for 25 years. People have trusted Renewal by Anderson for their window replacement needs, and you can too. So call right now. Don't wait. Learn how to get your free window when you buy four. 800-413-6992. 800-413-6992. That's 800-413-6992. Interest accrues from date of purchase, but is waived if paid in full within 12 months. Other conditions apply. We've adjusted our operations to serve you safely following all CDC guidelines. Visit RenewalByAnderson.com for details. Here's an important COVID-19 school system update for your local area. If you're concerned about your child's education, please pay close attention to this message. The current school systems were not set up for at-home learning. If you're worried that your child may not be getting the grades they need to get ahead, may be losing self-confidence, or you're worried about them getting into a good college because of their grades, help is available to you. Call Grade Potential Tutoring. 
They can help with in-home or online tutoring and help your child with any subject and every grade level, even for test prep. They're experts in the home tutoring and online tutoring field and confident they can help you and your child get better grades today. Call now for your free consultation. 800-693-8290. That's 800-693-8290. I'm sorry, it's the, it's the pleats. It's, a, it's actually an optical illusion. It's the pattern on the pants. The, it's not fl flattering in the, the crotchal region. I'm actually taking them back right now, taking them back to the, the pants store. Tittle is a majestic stallion. Oh, I don't know about that. Thank you very much, and welcome back to the show, by the way. Just before we leave you, Pete Prisco put out a new mock draft today, and it's interesting. Trevor Lawrence, number one overall. He'll make that franchise relevant for the next decade. You can pick him apart if you want, but that's the way it's going to go. He has Justin Fields going to the Jets. He says it probably won't happen, but that's what they should do. He just likes Fields more than Zach Wilson. He says he likes his frame bigger. He thinks Zach Wilson won't be as durable, which would mean that the San Francisco 49ers would have Zach Wilson fall into their laps. What I think is most interesting is he has then Trey Lance dropping to 14 to Minnesota and Mac Jones dropping to 15 to New England. And that's probably where Mac Jones should go in reality, uh, or I should say on talent, but in reality, someone's going to trade up and get him earlier than that. And by the way, I love his mock because he has Micah Parsons to the Raiders at 17. The best linebacker in the draft at 17. Thank you very much. I'll put that one in the bank. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you tomorrow at 9 a.m. Pacific time. We don't have brain damage. <laughs> <laughs> Great way to end the show.